Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. All right. Ooh, am I doing the introduction to this episode? Yep. This is brand new for me. Oh, well, let's see what happens. What? I already screwed it up, didn't I? No. No. So we thought we would do a quick pause with all the juicy topics we've been filling your ear holes with, Mm -hmm. your lovely ear holes. Definitely. Because we like your ear holes. Mm -hmm. Now I'm making it weird. (laughs) And actually take a glance back and do some updates and follow-ups from recent or past recent past episodes. So everything that we've done, including our trauma miniseries. And before we start this episode, go ahead and put the trigger warning in. We're briefly talking about sexual assault, adult topics, and suicide. And when I say adult topics, you know, adult (laughs) thing. I don't know. It may be on HBO late night. Okay. Showtime late night. We're not going to go graphic, but you know. Okay. Just throw that heads up. Um, And it's been a crazy few months. It has been. Yeah. It's this world changes very quickly. Very quickly. And updates are necessary, especially as things are heating up. Yeah. Um, and we want to make sure that we are all still caught up yeah. and all in this together. Yeah. And we're here with you. And sometimes these, we'll probably do these episodes every couple of months because sometimes something breaks in the news that we want to talk about and we've already kind of talked about it exactly. and it's not an entire episode, but exactly. we do want to talk about it. And so <laughs> one of those big ones uh, is the Brett Kavanaugh. I don't even want to say the name just because of all of the sadness that happens when I think on it. So a lot of you probably already know this, but just to kind of level set, um, a third allegation of sexual misconduct against Brett Kavanaugh broke recently, reported on by the New York Times. The essay expanded on Deborah Ramirez's allegation, which was not seriously investigated by the FBI. Which was also later on told that that actually was corroborated. Yep, 25 people. She gave a list of names, 25 people. They didn't interview any. And some people reached out to the FBI, and they're like, nah, we good. Um, and added the essay added a third allegation. But the woman in question says, her friends say she does not remember the event that is described, that witnesses described this sexual misconduct, um, and that she wishes not to be interviewed. And also, mm. the New York Times original tweet uh, quote, having a penis thrust in your face at a drunken dorm party may seem like harmless fun, but when Brett Kavanaugh did it to her, Deborah Ramirez says it confirmed that she didn't belong at Yale in the first place. Uh, yeah, that harmless fun bit, it caused a huge uproar. Uh, they deleted the tweet and apologized. Um, but, of course, people who say that this is all boys will be boys right. pointed to that. Exactly. Like, See? Exactly. And it kind of somehow put it back on Deborah saying she didn't belong. <laughs> like, that. Yeah. De- what? Yeah. That's not how you need to phrase that, that she felt like she wasn't welcomed. Yes. There you go. Mm-hmm. We fix it. Not that it needs to be fixed anymore. And once again, we get to see the wonders of blind excuses. Um, Geraldo Rivera tweeted, <laughs> how many men and women deep in middle age are embarrassed by blank? <laughs> I added that. Hey, you uh-huh. know, by sure. They did in high school and college. And He's using this as an excuse of a behavior of our current Supreme Court justice. Yeah. Uh, two of our female Democratic candidates that we know um, are calling for an impeachment due to the evidence that the FBI did not do in completing the investigation of the accusation presented at the original confirmation. And we also know that it's trending as we still believe her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was looking into this and... Um 
I mean, he only had 37% approval rating right. when he was confirmed even before. I mean, even if it just shows a pattern, a disturbing pattern of behavior. Right. And I don't, I don't appreciate the excuse like, oh, it was college. Right. This is the, and again, I think I've talked about this before, that I've heard that many a times about they made a mistake and you want to talk about what, this isn't for me, and this goes for overall anybody who is in position of power, learning to take responsibility. That is really, really something that is missing. And yeah. I, I don't understand how, even on the Democratic side, they can't accept responsibility. They did, They may have said something, they may have um, put in some type of legislation that later came back and was like, ugh, that wasn't great. Yeah. Um, just take responsibility for it and say, yes, this may have been something that I had voted for. However, and, and going back and looking at how this had created a new injustice or whatever, you could even say, I didn't realize it would have this type of fallout. Yeah. Simple. And I think I would trust someone way more in no hearing that mm-hmm. than just, well, and then bypassing it with an excuse of how they're not wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a bothersome thing, which is, again, the Kavanaugh bit is way beyond that. Yeah. But the fact that he just he can't even take responsibility and flat out is denying and lying about things, that's what's even worse, especially when we put them as a freaking standard of truth and justice. Yeah. And then with that, also Jeffrey Epstein, uh, we kind of bypassed him. And I don't want to bring too much into it because, you know, he's dead and, and there's a lot of conspiracy theories, but we're going to let the conspiracy boys... Handle that one. That's, yeah. <laughs> but I think a lot of the question that I was really angry about is the way they were phrasing, uh, still using the term uh, child prostitute or sex with underage girls, yeah. in which you want to be like, this is called rape. Yep. This is called trafficking. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm getting so angry. I'm like, why, why are you still phrasing it like this? A 14-year-old cannot consent. And this is obviously a traffic ring. So can right. we go ahead and clarify that language? Let's go ahead and put that away. That doesn't exist. That's really important. It's a really important (laughs) clarification. Right. And as we see more and more, like, are we going to know? Are we going to know the perpetrators? We got a few names here and there, but the level of depth. And I think um, these victims deserve justice. And just because they have money doesn't mean they, they are above the law. But, hey, you know, that's just my thoughts and process, whatever. Your thoughts? <laughs> I think money does put you above the law, Samantha. No, obviously uh, I agree. Um, um, unfortunately, our system is kind of set up. But yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest things we had previously talked about. And um, I know previous episodes about sex workers, and hopefully you and I will revisit some of those um, conversations. Um, this is kind of those things. It's like, this is, this is not sex work. This is abuse. So we need to clarify what this is because there are adult females who are in that world and do it freely and can make money and go ahead. Yeah. Be safe and make sure you know consent. Go for it. Yeah. Consent is key. Consent is super key. And if you are not an adult, you can't consent. (laughs) We should write a song. I will. I want to have it with an accordion, though, for some reason. Well, no one will. Well... I was about to bad talk the accordion, but I like the accordion. Weird Al really won me over. I think it's more you playing the accordion, no offense. Can you play the accordion? No, I don't want to play it. I want someone (laughs) else. I would never. I would never make make anyone listen to me playing an accordion. All right. Uh, But with those levels, uh, again, we're still talking about hashtag me too, and we're going to talk about Chanel Miller because it's fantastic. 
Um, I hate that that's the, the reason we know her. Yeah. It's not necessarily because of her um, accomplishments and to be accomplishments, but it's because she has finally revealed her name, mm-hmm. coming out in support of women who have been victims and are survivors, and coming out in, in um, Powerhouse yeah. with her book, uh, memoir, Know My Name. Fantastic title. Mm-hmm. That title is absolutely amazing. Um, and I know there's a lot of buzz, and, and she's putting up several quotes about being there and seeing girls and being there for them, and I think it's fantastic, and I hate... Then we're having to talk about this again, not about her, but this even exists and, and why what she went through and, and, and the statements that she wrote out for the court hearing, why it's still relevant and will be relevant, will continue to be relevant until we truly believe and put into justice system a way of holding white privileged males accountable. Right. And for people who don't know, this is the um, Brock Turner case we're talking about. Correct. And um, I think... On top of that, I'm like, make your money, honey. <laughs> I mean, if you can make money off of something this horrendous, that is take power. Yeah, that is yours. Do it. Do it. Right. Own it, take it, and use it. Um, which also comes back to the whole continuing to fight to be believed, which is so absurd. It's exhausting. I, I, and I know we're... Uh, honestly, maybe it's a pessimistic view, but I don't know if we'll ever get to that point. Just trying to talk about it and trying to look through all of these things, um, when I'm reading articles, it's so infuriating to see that small percentage we talked about that mm-hmm. are actual false accusations. Yeah. They're using two or three of those examples as, see, this right. is what's happening. They're ruining people's lives. And you're like, dude. Or actually, in the case that I was reading, it was a female writer. I was like, why? Yeah. Why are you so hellbent in saying this doesn't exist? hmm I've had to... Uh sit down i've had two male friends when i've like said statistics say well this person in my life was a female and she was faking and i've had to sit them down and be like okay no (laughs) no 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 (laughs) it's not the same and that is something that has come out for me through therapy when i finally kind of did the walkthrough of like this most traumatic event i thought our therapist wouldn't believe me. That's how, wow. like, ingrained it is. When I told her, I had an immediate fear, like, she's she's not going to believe me. Wow. And, of course, she she did. But to me, that was so revelatory that I'm having this private, confidential conversation with right. someone who's never going to go to my face unless I'm, like, clearly a pathological liar or right. something. And that's what you're being treated for. Right. Well, shh. Um, <laughs> and I thought, she's not going to believe me. Wow. That was the first time I'd ever, like, told anybody the whole thing. And I'm, that was my first, like, knee-jerk kind of, oh, God, what right. have I done? Right. Um, and we did want to touch on that. A little bit. Right. We did, because we did an episode, each of us, of the therapy sessions. And I will say, I have paused because mm-hmm. of monetary issues. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at you, but monetary issues is a funny phrase I was not expecting. <laughs> um, but I, I'm getting prepared to go back, obviously. But we did hit a lot of things. Um, she recommended White Fragility for me, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. And I have started reading into that. And yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Just yes. Um, she did give me a lot of homework, and there was yeah. a lot of writing. Uh, and I think it was fantastic. It was um, really important because, you know, you and I were talking about the fact that it was really important to me to have a woman of color mm-hmm. being our therapist because for the longest time I only had white women. And, and white women, you guys are fantastic. We love you. Please know. There's oh. nothing wrong here. I love you, Annie. <laughs> You're amazing. You. 
but as a person of color, it felt really, really hard trying to talk about the issues of my, you know, identity, mm-hmm. especially when I've been ingrained in Southern white culture right. and trying to figure everything out. So, um, and she is, she was obviously fantastic in making sure that I've been met where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And she is, she's a great person. It sounds like you. Yes. Um, so uh, I've run into a few setbacks oh, because yeah. we were like working on this trauma and I also had, you know, homework and all these exercises to do. And then my dad died and then my brother overdosed. Um, the day we're recording this would have been my dad's birthday. Right. So tonight, Samantha is coming with me. Yes. Um, we're going to a local restaurant called Nikolai's Roof. I've and never been. I've never been either. But um, the the vodka sampler, I've got to get it because that's the last thing my dad and I talked about. And if you're wondering why, because he was not a big drinker. He did not drink. But um, I had just run the Peachtree Road Race the last time I saw him. Like, not just, but I was wearing the shirt. And he was talking about all the times he ran it. And um, he was talking about, like, one of the times he ran it, um, my mom's family, who's a little rich, but some of them are, they took him to Nikolai's roof, and (laughs) he wanted to try, they do, like, infused vodkas there. Okay. They get a bunch of different ones, and he wanted to try every one. Oh. And as a non-drinker who just ran a race, he ended up hiding under the table, apparently. Oh, that's my thing. That was going to happen tonight? Maybe. Oh, I guess oh I need you, to you're run not first. doing the the vodka thing. Are we not? I am, but uh, you don't have to. Oh, I, I was gonna be all in. Oh yes, I was all we'll in. I'll be under the table. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit banned from Nikolai's roof. It'll be great. I'll just be asleep. That's not a thing. Um, and it's funny because I had this thought of I've done the same thing when one of my friends turned twenty one. She had like all those test tubes and oh, different colors. Yeah. And I wanted to taste the rainbow, so I got all of them and took them at once. Oh, that's such a twenty one year old thing to do. And I also well, I wasn't hiding on the table, but I was like passed out on the table. <laughs> Drink responsibly, everybody. Um so it yes. kind of it feels like I was just getting into my trauma therapy and then all of these things started happening and they start piling up and it's just kind of pushed back. Um and I have dealt with, uh, like I said in the Dutiful Daughter episode, the um, main thing people told me after my dad dies was he would be proud of you. And I keep thinking, he didn't know me, and if he did, he wouldn't. And I know that's nonsense, but that's something I've been struggling with. Yeah. Um, and that's the shame factor that we've talked about so much. Yeah. Um, that's how powerful it is. It is. And I did have a flashback a couple weeks ago, but thanks to this show, I was able to get out of it pretty quickly. I love it. Mm-hmm. And like we say all the time, in that series, healing is not a straight line. Right. There are good days and bad days. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's it's never necessarily fixed. No. Which I was going to say, I've noticed since I was, I've been more open about my past trauma, so many people have come up to me and shared their past trauma with me. And I'm really glad that they do. I'm really glad that they trust me. I don't want it to stop. Right. But it's so, it makes me so angry because it's so many people I know. Yeah. Oh. It is. And you want to fix it. You want to help. Do. And when you talked about it, you can't. Like, you can listen, and that's about You just got to be there. Got to be there. And just I try to give, like, here are some resources if you're interested. But Which is fantastic. And just giving love. Giving love. Giving love. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Right. And I did, I did want to mention, too, because a lot of people mentioned this to me. I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's a show called Unbelievable on Netflix. Yeah. I saw the previews on it, and it looked really intense. And I was trying to figure out what, what the case was, what, what the uh, 
it's actually based on this, or not a true story, an article written in 2015 by ProPublic and the Marshall Project called Unbelievable Story of Rape. So it was from 2015 in which a girl named Marie filed charges and then she was charged with filing a false report. So a lot of people have recommended it to me. Um, and apparently it's obviously deals with a lot of what we talked about in our trauma mini series. And um, a lot of the reaction I've seen from it is that female detectives should always be involved in these cases. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's in my queue. It's one of those things like everybody for a while was recommending Handmaid's Tale to me. And I did eventually watch it and I did, I did like it. Oh, did but you? it's like a thing where you... Oh, I can't. You have to. That's the thing. I have to like work up to it. I have to I be can't. in a good space. Right. So my friend, he he's just like, um, I need you to get to the point that you can actually watch some types of sad shows. He's like, because that's the majority of the shows that, are, that exist. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He's like, even if it's remotely sad. I was like, yeah, no, I just, I just can't. Um, and that's fair. And it's a lot of the fact that it's also my trauma as well as continued work trauma that I'm like, mm, right, not ready. Yeah, I want to do a word search and keep watching Top Chef. Yeah, this will definitely be a a, a day I have to work up to. And right. I'll say day because I usually do binge stuff like this pretty quick. I'm like, I just want to get it over. <laughs> it's Tony Collette. I know. Whom I love. I know. And I'm really excited to see. But yeah, that's a lot of intense it is. emotions. Up and down, up and down, up and downs. I'll get to it one day. And maybe we should have a project. A project? Uh, not project, but a viewing day to get that together. Ooh. Is that a good project? No, probably isn't. Or we could just hold each other's hands while we watch it. <laughs> we could. I don't I'll know hold if that will help or hurt. I'll hold, oh, okay. I'll hold peaches. You hold your bumblebee. My bumblebee. Rudy. Rudy, I'm sorry. Or Ruby. I'll let you choose because it goes by both names. Ruby Doobie? That's fine. Okay. And on top of that, oh, Samsung. Uh-huh. I don't know if you actually, have you heard I this? I haven't heard so I read this, this uh, believe, in the last week. At a women's tech event, Samsung requested for the company Lioness to remove their product, which was a vibrator, uh-huh. um, from their display, even after they had been approved for their event and had already set up their display. So they knew it was coming, or they seen, they saw it was coming, they knew yeah. it was coming, and, and they knew what the company was. Mm-hmm. Um, and after a tweet was sent to the Twitterverse, yeah, that's what I'm calling it. Mm-hmm. And after the majority of the event day was over, the CEO of Samsung allowed the product to be displayed again. Mm. But obviously, this would be a too little too late yeah. situation. And a part of the highlighted, uh, highlight for the event was in regards to women's health, which had plenty of things regarding fertility treatment and pregnancy sure. and all of that, which is fantastic and well and it's necessary, yeah. but was not about the other things, mm-hmm. obviously. We can't talk about sexual health, good Pleasure. good sex, no. um, feeling nice, Mm-mm. getting the things you need as a, as a female, whatever, mm-hmm. um, as a female in general. So Samsung did uh, give a statement to The Verge, and, and they, they see all these things. Of course, as they said, we regret an interaction that occurred with a presenting startup and apologized to the involved, and we've addressed this internally, blah, blah, blah. We've learned from this as we continue to sponsor female connections. <sighs> you would have thought at this point in time, and especially if it's directed towards women, it's not like it's everybody, hey, it's just a tech thing. Yeah. But just in the fact that, yes, women enjoy sexual pleasure. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of one of those things like, why... Why are we still so ashamed for women to enjoy sex or enjoy being pleasured? Why is this such a taboo thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I know when we were talking about Laura DiCarlo, how there's so many, like, 
items aimed towards male pleasure. Exactly. That are totally like on the on the display for like everywhere. That's the fine. Doll. But female pleasure. Whoa. What is this? Thing. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we also wanted to come back to supporting women. Yeah. And, you know, I gave the example of Serena Williams. Yeah. Serena Williams. Again, another example in the tennis world uh, showing great sportsmanship was Naomi Osaka and Coco Goff. The camaraderie and the love and the support was just beautiful. And I just wanted to recognize that, the hugging and, and the encouraging, like, you, you're doing, you did an amazing job. You're, you're doing great. It's just, ugh, the feels. The feels. The feels. We have some more feels. Oh. But first, we have a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So I wanted to touch on an episode we did before you came on, Samantha, uh-huh. with Lauren, um, my okay. co-host. At Saver, um, called "Why Didn't You Believe Her," and that whole episode was based on. It was tied into Brett Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. but it was kind of looking at it through a horror movie lens. Of course, you know I love horror movies. Right. I've already started my Halloween lineup. Have you? Yes. What have you already watched? It's over ten. Oh wow! Yeah, last one. The last one I watched. Oh no! I don't want to say that. That was too embarrassing. Wait, Paranormal no, Activity no. Three. No, no, no! Is that the one? <laughs> no, no, no! I want the the last one. <laughs> it was a new movie that I gave a chance called Hatchet. Oh, and I'll say I liked the opening in New Orleans. <laughs> the rest of it, I'll. All right, so I will not watch that one. I mean. It, I assume they I just chop like, people up with a hatchet. I feel like the female character in that, while unbelievable, was the MVP of their group. Okay. So I appreciated that. Okay. <laughs> uh, no shame on hatchet if anyone likes it. Uh, it's just you I do you. Yeah. Um, so the, the yeah the whole thing is about how frequently in horror movies and supernatural. Now that you've watched it, it's everywhere. Like the episode starts. It's a dude and a lady. And she's like, I don't like this. I think I heard something. He's like, blah, 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 make out with me. And then they both die. That's That was the best impression, and I loved it. Thank you. Um, and now I can't unsee it. I see it everywhere right. in horror. And, yeah, as I'm working through this uh, in my Halloween lineup, which uh, – Super producer Andrew asked me if how is that different from any other time, which is a fair point. <laughs> um, and I just watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space for the first time, uh-huh. and they, they even did it in that. Yeah, she was very like for like thirty minutes. The female character was like, "I think something's <laughs> wrong here. Why is there a big tent in the middle of nowhere? Why is there like dead bodies here? Oh, right. Maybe." And everyone's like, um, "Every now and then, you do have that girl that just like, oh, I hear a noise." What is that? And then falls into her death. It's true. Typically. And I feel like I saw a movie where it was subverted recently where the woman didn't believe the man. And I was like, oh, interesting. But it's that's kind of the exception to right. the general rule. The rule. Um, I've long wanted to do, and I have not been shy about saying this, where I wanted to once a month talk about a horror movie. Right. And look at it through a feminist perspective. The first one's going to be Alien. Because I am ready to oh, go. I was ready. Let's do this. And it's going to be back ready. in theaters in October. Uh, oh, are they? Oh. It, it's a certain anniversary. We yeah. need to go then. Yes. All right. All right. All right. But I did want to touch on Midsummer mm-hmm. briefly, and it's a spoiler free. So okay. if you haven't seen it, I haven't seen it. No spoilers. Um, 
But it is one that I cannot wait. Like, whenever the statute of limitations is over, I am in. Um, Isn't that going to be years? Oh, yeah. It's like 10 years, I think. So (laughs) a decade later, you guys, I'll be here. Um, Mostly what I want to talk about is, and some of you probably saw this on Twitter, there were a lot of tweets saying this is the breakup movie of the year. Like, it's the best breakup movie you've ever seen. Okay. So... There is so much gaslighting in this movie, Mm. so much. And every woman I saw it with, and I've seen it three times now with three different women, after we left, we all had the same reaction. Um, Yeah, I've been in that relationship. I have been in that relationship. I've had those conversations before. I've had those fights before. And what really blew my mind is that first I was confused as to whether I should be on her side or his side, and Mm. that's awful. That's awful. Um, And yes, let me emphasize here that her boyfriend is the worst. He's horrible. (laughs) Um, But that's how normalized gaslighting has been in my general experience. But of course, like a little further in, uh, I I was pretty confident, like, nah, he's a jerk. (laughs) He's bad. (laughs) Um, And it was weird to watch their terrible relationship play out and see it for how terrible it is while knowing you have been and me specifically, I've been in that terrible relationship and I didn't see it for what what it was when I was in it. I made excuses and justifications for being treated like trash. It's weird. So you just pretty much watched your own relationship on giant screen three times. Yeah, and a lot of, like, every woman I went with was like, yep, been there, been there. Um, Oh, God, I want to talk about it more, but I won't. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I'm telling you, we should go. And I want to see it, for sure. I think it's out of theaters now. They did the director's cut last weekend. Okay. Anyway. We'll we'll make up for it we will. somehow. But in the meantime, I want to touch on another thing. Yes. Toys and games. Yay! Because we also did an episode on this and the importance of having um, a variety of gender-neutral game and toy options yes, for children. Please. Right. So, Green Army Women. Thanks to a six-year-old girl from Little Rock, Arkansas, we are now getting Green Army Women because we, we all know those like little Green Army men. There were no women, Uh, and this little girl noticed it. She noticed that there weren't any women for her to choose from, and she wrote three toy companies' letters that read something like this, quote, Some girls don't like pink, so please can you make army girls that look like women? (laughs) Um, One of those companies was BMC Toys, who is now planning on rolling out four types of army women, including a captain. Nice. The owner of BMC, Jeff Immel, had been contacted about creating Green Army Women a year or so earlier by a retired Navy sailor, um, a woman, and he got his sister, who is an artist by the name of Tina Immel, to draw out some prototypes. He told WNEP, whether it's a dinosaur or Davy Crockett or an army man, maybe having a set of plastic army women will help some kids somewhere be the hero of their own story at playtime, and I think that's a good thing for everybody. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Green Army Men have been around since the 1930s, by the way, and made it into the National Toy Hall of Fame in 2014. Right. They are also my favorite uh, characters from Toy Story when you're running a Disney World race because... So when you run a Disney World race at every Uh, mile, there's characters, like, cheering you on. Right. Uh, And they're usually right after you run up this super steep hill, and they're kind of yelling at you, which is... I like it. Do they do the walk because they have that stand? Yes. (laughs) I think so. Usually at this point, I'm hallucinating the the finish. That's fair. (laughs) It's towards the end. Um, And then, another thing, Miss Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah, this has been in the news. And you've probably heard it by now that Hasbro launched a version of Monopoly called Miss Monopoly. Quote, the first game where women make more than men. Every time a female player passes go, she receives $240 instead of the standard $200 that male players receive. 
Women and girls start with $1,900, and men and boys start with $1,400. Men are rewarded for being a good ally in the game, like watching a female-led superhero movie, writing an article about women doing rad stuff, and or going to a rally. That's not the only thing that makes this version different. Instead of real estate, players invest in inventions and innovations of women throughout history. Cool. Gone, too, is the classic mascot replaced by his niece? Uh, seems to be the consensus. A woman, in either case. Uh, this, of course, has spurned a lot of arguments about whether this is empowering or insulting. Hmm. Of course, angry dudes who don't like them. women are right. furious. Right. Um, Hasbro awarded three young women grants of $20,580 each in non-monopoly real money <laughs> um, for their inventions in tech. I like you had to specify. Yeah, you know, you know I don't That's want to hand out monopoly money. I don't want that. The, the, in the video, there was a video of these teenagers discussing their inventions, and it received over 13,000 dislikes and only 650-ish likes, and the comments have been... Disabled. Oh, wow. Which does not surprise me, but it does make me very sad. Misogyny exists, but also, did we need a gendered version of this game? Like, it kind of sucks that women make more in this one version of Monopoly World, but make less in the real world. Right. You would think that they would have some kind of option instead of having one set pay, maybe you have a card, and this is your job. Doesn't life do that? This is life, your job. Oh. Yeah. This is your job, <laughs> so therefore you make this amount of money. Right. Ooh, that's a oof, that game. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of fights over that game, and I'm like, but this is a fake life. I don't know why you're mad at me that I won the lottery. Oh, I got more mad about Monopoly. Like my dad had oh, to pretend yeah. like he burned it and took it away from us because we really? got into so many fights about that. I have said before, I've cheated and lost. I've never won a game of Monopoly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm not sure how I would react if I was a kid playing this, and that's how I learned about the gender wage gap. Yeah. I, I don't know. The message could be, too, that women need a head start because we can't just hack it like men. I can see how you could interpret it that way. The interesting thing about Monopoly is that it was invented by a woman named Elizabeth Maggi to demonstrate the evils of landlords and people hoarding real estate. Huh. She filed for a patent for the landlord's game in the 1900s, and then... Men realized that they could make money off of this game about the evils of like of <laughs> making too much money. Um, and then they took it and turned it into a celebration of capitalism at its worst. And while her game is accepted as the basis for Monopoly, she doesn't receive any of the official credit to this day. She made $500. That's gross. Yep. Um, this is on the tales of Monopoly's millennial version. Uh, quote, forget real estate. You can't afford it anyway. <laughs> uh, and I know there's a lot of, like, avocado toast in that game. Um, and apparently Wait. there's a monopoly for socialists, monopoly for socialist. I've got to know more about that. How is, yeah, how do you have a monopoly if you're a socialist? I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to play. Oh, oh <laughs> you know, in New Girl, uh, they talk about the, is it Thailand? He's like, this is like a Thailand version of Monopoly, so everybody's in jail and you fight over one property. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. New uh, Girl. Apparently, there's a lot more to Monopoly than I ever Well, realized. you can play the McDonald's version and really win some money. I used to have the computer version of the Star Wars one. I used to have uh, the phone. Like, it was a phone game, kind of like Solitaire, uh-huh. and I could just play Monopoly, and I cheated on that a lot, too. You can cheat? Yeah, you could just reset things. Like, now oh, we're do this my thing. goodness. We're a bunch of cheaters here, <laughs> is what we're learning. It's only when it comes to Monopoly. Which is kind of the point of Monopoly. Yeah. 
All right. Um, I wanted to throw in here, uh, world's first vagina museum opened in London. Um, can we ask our bosses if we can go visit it? Absolutely, we can. Well, I think we'll get turned down, but... Uh, I don't... Why? I want to go. Any listeners, go check it out. It's new. I've been to museums like this before, and they're, in my experience, a little weird. But this one could be super cool. Um, so I'd love any listeners okay. who go... I wonder if there's any George O'Keefe type of... I hope so. ...things in there. I hope so. I, I, I got We got to believe it. I loved it. Uh, and then... D&D update. Oh, yes. I know everybody's been waiting. I've been waiting forever. <laughs> I am in the midst of running my first campaign. I found it is a lot of work, but it is a lot of fun. Uh, I like having the power. So are you going to have another limbless body to drag around? <laughs> oh, no. Well, that's up to them. Like, okay, okay. Now I'm the one that just kind of sets the rules and they try to break them in any way that they can. No one ever does what I think that they will do. Even when I go out of my way to think to myself, what's the last thing I think they'll do? Nope, there's another thing behind that thing that right. they've thought to do. Um, also, in this, in theory, this campaign was supposed to be a one-shot, meaning it takes one session. But we're uh, barely getting into the main story with a whole bunch of different storylines branching off that, and we're four sessions in. Oh, wow. So uh, I'll continue to keep you updated as as things go off the rails. <laughs> yes. And another very important update about updates is fan fiction. Two of my favorite fan fictions updated it, and they hadn't updated in years. What were they? That's a huge deal. One of them was a Harry Potter one. Oh. They, oh, okay. No, they were both Harry Potter fan fiction. Oh. And they hadn't updated in like five, six years. Five or six years. Yeah. And they decide. I wonder what made them decide to do so. I don't know. They re- they wrote a big note like, "Hey, sorry about this. I didn't abandon it, but I've been busy." Like, mm, yeah. I mean, yes. We've <laughs> all, like, we've is all been a little bit busy. Is still checking the story? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> not me. I didn't print it off and just sitting in the bed with it. Don't tell everyone about my printing <laughs> off of the stories. <laughs> And I was just going to quickly mention Peaches because, you know, that was what my yeah. uh, stuff was. And my update is she's still a jerk, mm-hmm. but adorable. <laughs> um, yeah, she just rolls around like a nutter. And I, I love it. Yeah. She hugs me. She cuddles she? me. She doesn't. But she, I think she does. You like to... I, I imagine, because I make her put her paws like around my <laughs> neck a little like, bit. go away. And I'm just holding <laughs> her and I hear... <sighs> from her. So, you know, it's okay. I accept it. I accept it. Mm -hmm. Social work world. uh, Things have been slowly changing because, you know, as governments transition Mm -hmm. or new um, administration happens, things change. Yep. So, there's been changes. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think of something encouraging to say, but, you know. You know, it's still, you know, I did, I will say, just... Personally, we did have, I have to review some of our kids that get treatment. Actually, all of our kids that get treatment. Mm-hmm. And we had a really great one. And I have a lot of hope for this kid. So that's always nice to see. Yeah. So we'll give that out there. Yeah. Uh, we have some more things that are nice to hear. Ooh. But first, we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Thank you, sponsor. And we're back with something we've been meaning to bring back for a while. Listener mail. Yay. Yes, we love getting it. Um, 
Marianne wrote, my name's Marianne, and I'm a new listener to the podcast. I am really enjoying all the episodes. Thank you. I just listened to your Sminty Pulls an All-Nighter episode, and I had a few things to say about it. I suffer from polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS, and I'm learning so many things about it and recently discovered the role sleep plays in the regulation of our hormones, as you say in the episode. I wanted to share some of the things that have helped me get such better sleep. Yes. One of the ways that can help reset circadian rhythm is light therapy, specifically spending time outside during the day and night to help your body realize when it's time to start winding down to go to sleep. Spending time outside in the early morning, midday, and evening can greatly help regulate your body into realizing when it's time to go to bed. As little as 30 minutes can greatly improve one's quality of sleep. I have switched over to using a Dawn Simu... I don't know what that is, but I'm interested. Oh, I guess I could totally explain that to you. Yeah, so it's, it's just this light that literally glows open as if it's a sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. The, okay, so she switched over to that a dawn simulating alarm clock. <laughs> Thanks for the explanation, which has greatly helped me get up in the mornings. Additionally, my doctor recommended melatonin to me, but stresses that larger dosages over an extended period of time can have a negative impact on the body's natural production of melatonin. As a result, she recommends 0.5 milligrams a couple hours before bedtime to let your body know, hey, you should be winding down to go to bed, and then larger doses for the times when you wake up in the middle of the night or when you travel. Just these three things have helped me immensely, and I know longer wake up fatigued and I felt compelled to share with you. Well, thank you so much. We we did get a lot of tips about how to how to sleep better yes. and very much appreciate it. Yes. Keep them coming. Because I did not sleep last night. I didn't either. Mm. Oh. Lindsay wrote I love Sminty. Thank you. And I just listened Yay. to your episode on the opioid crisis. I'm a youth outreach worker at a community health center in London, Ontario, Canada. The crisis has hit our community hard, and so, of course, this episode resonates with me and the work I do as an outreach worker. I just wanted to let you know about some stuff that our community is doing that is pretty cool. It's been a fight to get there, but we are trying to be leaders in our country. We opened a supervised consumption site and have really stepped up our clean equipment distribution. But you really need to check out the work of Dr. Andrea Serrata and the work that she is doing with prescribing opioids to her patients in her Safer Supply program. It's one of the very few programs that is prescribing take-home pills like this. And you can find her on Twitter. Her handle is Andrea Serrata, S-E-R-E-D-A. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll totally check that out. That. Yeah, and so I also, some of the social media comments, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm so good at that, the social media. Yes. Um, listener Seagal, and I'm really sorry if I, I mispronounced that. And it's at, I'm just going to spell this out, S-S-H-A-R-H-A-R-1. Shared this after what's in a name episode. Hi, just a comment about Vladimir Putin's name from the names episode. Russians have a patronomic name, and you can notice this custom in Russian literature. So Putin's father was, in fact, also Vladimir. Vladimir Vladimirovich is Vladimir's son of Vladimir. I just wanted to put that so I can try not to fumble over that, and I did 10 times, so, um, <laughs> which was fantastic. I was like, that's... Super interesting, and mm-hmm. a lot of Vladimir's in uh, that sentence. Yes. So Alhara's podcast let us know, in Brazil, we're trying to fix this gap after we were talking about bridging the gap. The gender gap in yes. podcasting. Um, when uh, trying to fix this gap at our craft, created the hashtag Mujeres Podcasters, or podcasters. They created a hashtag, 
and to involve and support the women those are that are producers and hosts. We created a community to share and encourage these hosts to talk about anything they want. And so they they talked about like continuing to let us know how to invite more women to talk about the issues and to tell their stories. So I thought that was super amazing um, and I loved what they were saying about how they were trying to get this done with the hashtag and creating more awareness for women in podcasting. And mm-hmm. I loved it, of course, in Brazil. I'm like, can I come hang out with you? Yes. Um, we also had our listener, Casey Face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said it. I liked her handle, uh, which is at Spock Pants, hey. S-P-O-C-K-P-A-N-T-S, um, asked us about our Hogwarts houses. That uh-huh. was a question. Important um, question. A, a very important yes. question. And I am a Ravenclaw. Da, 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 as is most of the U.S. Is it? Are they? Yes. It's Ravenclaw by a lot. Huh. Hufflepuff, Gryffindor, Slytherin. Yeah. And you are supposedly... I am definitely Gryffindor. I don't know, because I'm saying... You and I had this conversation. There is some doubt. That was a confidential conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but Casey Face yes. is actually a Hufflepuff. So now we just need our Slytherin. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to throw that there because I thought that was fun. We love talking about Harry Potter on here, so oh, might as well, right? All the time. Yeah. I have a friend who said so the, the Patronus test. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Swift on my first time, and I liked it, so I never took it again. And plus, to take it again, you have to, like, register a new email address. Ooh. But all my other friends didn't like the one they got the first time, so they registered a second email address and took it again. And they all got, like, swan and horse and uh, wolf, except for one. She got mole. And she tried to hide <laughs> it from us, and I'm telling everybody on this podcast, I won't say your name, but I'm telling your story. You have a friend um, who's a mole. And she tried to hide it from us, but then, like, she took a picture of it, and we were looking at, we were taking pictures with her phone, right. and we all <laughs> saw so she, Oh, no! Yes. yes. I thought maybe I she think just said it drunkenly. They can be cute. Wait, Producer Andrew, are you in the house of something? Oh. Another Gryffindor. Whatever. Okay. I'm a Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw's great. They, they all have their own qualities. They all have their own That's a very political qualities. way to say it. <laughs> um, and if you want to write in about your Hogwarts house, super happy to hear it, obviously. Um, you can write to us. Our email address is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuffmomnevertoldyou. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Thanks, Andrew. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> <laughs>